Zips Projections Day right here on PHNX. <laughs> My name, of course, is Derek Monty, occasionally known as, uh, I guess, uh, the, the the lesser half of, of the guys that are going to enjoy today's numbers. But uh, <laughs> I'm also joined by my vice man, your Thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. And Welcome Jesse, to the PHNX DVAX Nerdcast, the Nerdcast. everyone. This is the, great, it's the greatest day of the year. <laughs> well, and of course, uh, for those of you that might be unfamiliar with what Zips is, uh, our old pal Dan, Dan Zimborski over from Fangraphs has a projection system that is so well known that it is literally on MLB.com's glossary page as far as what Zips projections are. And uh, the Z stands for Zimborski, even though his name starts with an S. It's weird. Yeah, that does that does kind of bother <laughs> me. Uh, but, I mean, you clearly pronounce it with a Z sound. Z -Z sound. Uh, his name is not Dan Zimborski. Yeah, it's Dan so. Zimborski. But a big ski to you all, a ski to you, Jesse, ski to you, Damon. Uh, and, of course, we're excited ski. to take a look at what uh, Damon calls, I think, those bastards over at Zips. I don't know. He's very upset about these projection numbers. <laughs> but, uh, of course, Jesse, can you explain to them what we expect to see and why the numbers are what they are yeah so i guess just big picture if if you have no idea what zips projections are or why on earth are we even like talking spending most of an episode <laughs> talking about this i get it uh zips is, is zips is a projection system as you said uh created by dan zimborski which is widely regarded as one of the best out there there's a lot of different projection systems that exist publicly uh their steamer is one that's right. available year round uh, zips projections uh dan kind of drops this gradually as the season gets closer we just had the diamondbacks uh dropped i think yesterday the day before just here in the, in the last couple days which is why we're why we're doing this today uh but there's there's a lot of value in this uh behind the scenes major league baseball teams have similar systems that they're using right when the diamondbacks go out and they give eduardo rodriguez four years and 80 million dollars if you're going to make that investment you have to have some kind of in-house proprietary system that tells you that he's going to be worth that money right, right? right. Uh, projection systems are very important in the inner workings of major league baseball franchises and the ones that are available publicly are presumably not as advanced as the ones that teams are using in house but dan does a great job uh, i couldn't really tell you much about like the formula behind this right. how it works it i'm sure there's a lot of ai involved he loves ai yeah so yeah AI, sure AI dan's a big involved. ai guy yeah. um but yeah just think of it as a system that's it's it's weighting the most recent numbers the players put up most heavily uh it's taking into account the trajectory of those players careers before that including their performance in the minors right. uh all of the underlying data the batted ball metrics all that stuff postseason performance is included in this as well it just puts all this stuff together in uh, in an effective way to give us some numbers that that are valuable they're not gospel this is not like a prediction necessarily no. uh, but they give us a good idea of what we can reasonably expect from all of these players going into 2024 part of it is because baseball just kind of is a statistically driven game and more so than any other sport yes you can forecast 100%. What a player is going to do based on their past performances and maybe how they would factor in like like you said it's not gospel it does not mean that it is 100 percent correct but what it does give you an idea at least of of what you can expect out of a player like they could be worse than that they could be much better than that however it leaves at least gives you a baseline on what to expect out of them and honestly it also gives you i guess an opportunity to then kind of determine how well they're doing based on those projections because if the projections are that someone's gonna hit 235 and 
they're hitting near 300. I mean, obviously, you know, that's good, but you can also see how much better they're doing than you expected them to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a good bar for uh, you know, not necessarily that we're like holding players to their projections. Uh, oh, we season. absolutely are. <laughs> God damn it. But it, it's a good, especially it's for especially for minor league players. It's valuable. Like if you have a guy who doesn't have a lot of major league experience, um, you know, this system has has done a lot of this where it, it sort of takes all of a player's minor league numbers and throws them into this machine and then sure. spits out, you know, what you could reasonably expect from them in the majors based on on past performance. So we're going to get into some guys that don't have a lot of major league experience right. at all. Those are some of the most interesting cases. Another thing that you talk about quite a bit is peripherals and numbers, what expected numbers versus actual numbers. Sure. And I know that a lot of people understand it, but. This is, again, why Zips is valuable, because a guy can have a great year, but there's information there that tells you sometimes that that great year wasn't all a reflection of their personal performance. Sometimes it's a reflection, especially in the game of baseball, of luck and just right. situational defense, like just lining up and, and like, for instance, helping a pitcher have better numbers than maybe their stuff actually, you know, says. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, this is the information in-house that teams look at when, especially someone like Mike Hazen is trying to find a, uh, a Ryan Thompson from another team, trying to find a yeah, guy totally. where even though the numbers aren't great for them, uh, they can, they can take a look at some internal data that tells them otherwise that maybe this guy uh, can, can really turn things around. And that's also part of this whole process. When you talk about those, those uh those projections internally yeah so let's uh let's get into this shall we uh let's, we, let's take a look at the team yeah first, so we'll start we? just from a team-wide perspective uh they have this handy graphic which is basically just uh it puts a little a little number at every position uh next to the names of players that are expected to play that position sometimes there will be a few names if there's multiple guys expected to get playing time um, but you can see it right here this is the diamondback sort of team-wide projection system all the numbers are wins above replacement numbers which most people are probably familiar with it's hard to be a baseball fan and not get slapped in the face by wins above replacement That's at correct. some point correct. you're going to be dragged uh maybe kicking and screaming into it at some some time or another but um yeah, I guess the the place I'll start here just to give a general guide for people who are are less familiar. Um, a a role player would be somewhere in the like one to two WAR range. Um, a good solid starter somewhere in the two to three WAR range. Once you're up into the four to fives, you're talking about a potential all star type player. Um, and anything above five, I mean that's like superstar, you know, uh, approaching MVP territory at that point. So for people who who don't know, looking at this, uh, those are some some ideas to just kind of have in your head so the image that we're looking at for those of you listening on the audio side does show the position players the starters and relievers and it kind of goes around the diamond first starting over i guess we could start with christian walker at first base they have him at, as a three war player projected they have Cattell Marte at four they have perdomo slash lawler at shortstop coming up with a 2.7 wins above replacement uh and then uh eugenio eugenio suarez over at third place <laughs> with a 1.9 which seems honestly uh, just a little uh a little disappointing and again this is just a projection we will get into his numbers that kind of back up why zips feels uh like that's where he's going to be but uh my favorite part about this jesse is behind home plate gabby moreno there as as a four war player uh with jose herrera backing him up but 
Uh, this this kind of like you said, going back to the reflection of these numbers and what it feels like Zips is saying about these players is that Moreno and Marte are potential all-stars already uh, looking forward and forecasting for 2024. Yeah, and you might be a little... Uh, so looking in the outfield, we have 3.8 in left, 2.9 in center, 3.2 in right. They list Carroll at the top in left field, Thomas at the top in center, McCarthy in right. But if you kind of look under the hood, they basically just have Corbin Carroll playing like... Everywhere. Yeah, they have him playing everywhere. So his value is kind of split between those three positions. That's why you don't see an especially big number uh, yeah. like in left field where we expect Corbin Carroll will make uh, the, well, I guess with Lourdes Gurriel, it might be more in right field. Right. They're sort of making some guesses about playing time in here that are not necessarily accurate. Um, but I want to go back to what you said earlier about uh, Moreno and that 4.0 behind the plate. Yeah. That's a big number. That's huge, um, right? That's a really big number. Especially yeah. for a catcher. Yeah. Gabby Moreno this past year on fan graphs, according to fan graphs, war was worth 1.7 wins above replacement. Um, and uh, to project him for four, basically. I mean, there's, you know, you're also getting some value from Jose Herrera, whoever they expect to get the backup opportunity there as well. But a lot of that is coming from Gabby Moreno. Uh, so Zips is a a big believer uh, in the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks young catcher for sure. We all are, aren't we? That, I mean, is, that is fair. If, yeah. if you take what he did this year, the experience that he uh, basically have has under his belt now, the experience he has playing in the playoffs... And how he performed during the postseason run, I think that we are looking at a potential all-star behind the plate, especially when you factor in, again, not to attack catchers, but, you know, catchers around the league don't typically, you know, stand out like this. Yeah. There's only it, a few. It's, yeah, it's not, it, it is not normal for sure. And that's a big reason why when the D-backs were trading away Dalton Varsho or, you know, trying to find a trade for one of their left-handed hitting outfielders, catcher was a position that I think it made a lot of sense to target, right? Yeah. It's a... Diamondbacks didn't really have a whole lot of guys in the farm system that projected to be, they didn't have anyone who projected to be anywhere near the catcher that Gabriel Moreno has already turned into. Uh, he's certainly one of the most exciting players on this team in 2024. And that's what makes that trade going back to it just so impressive, especially now that they are able to keep Lourdes here in the organization, right? But yeah, I mean, for the Diamondbacks, it, it really doesn't matter because their outfield is so talented that the loss of Dalton Varsho really doesn't impact them nearly as much as the gain of Gabriel Moreno alone, you know? But, I mean, again, you factor in how he matured, how he came along, the big hits again that he had during that amazing postseason run, and it really does feel like the Diamondbacks anchored themselves with a catcher for a very long time behind home plate. And that's that's something that, I mean, we've had sporadically throughout this organization's history, but not something that we've had, like, Hey, remember those, you know, six, seven, eight great years we had of that guy. And it really feels like he could be that as well, you know, along with Corbin Carroll. Yeah. And we also have talked about the possibility of the Diamondbacks extending Gabby Moreno. So uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out uh, when the Diamondbacks have signed extensions. They tend to happen in this this window between the start of the new year and when the season starts. Uh, sometimes uh, these happen during spring training, sometimes shortly before uh, opening day. So I think that window is still very much open for the D-backs to try to try to get something done if they're, if they're able to find a way. And maybe that's something we haven't even really addressed, but the importance of bringing Lourdes back in regards to keeping Gabby, it's not like it's going to be a major factor, but it could be something that since Lourdes is staying here, 
somebody that Gabby is very close to and very familiar with, that might help him feel more comfortable to sign an extension and stay yeah. here long term. Or just in general, I mean, maybe maybe a little bit down the road. I, I think that Lourdes's deal will be expired by the time Gabby would. Oh, hit for free sure. But I'm, anyway, I'm saying but, like you want to get that contract extension yeah, like done as soon taking, as possible. You're taking care of my my good friend. Then you know maybe I'll let you take care of me too. Yeah. You know, that, well, I guess that kind of well, that kind of idea. And and it's also the fact that the team is taking care of these guys that helped get them there, right? So I mean that's something that when you sh- when you see that reciprocation, when you see the team and the organization giving back to you and and awarding you with those contracts or awarding your brothers, your teammates with those contracts. It's something that you want to be a part of instead of kind of thinking of what your next move is going to be in your career potentially. But uh, let's take a look at that Zips projection for the war again and look at some of the pitchers uh, in regards to the bullpen and the starters. Ski to you, Kevin. Glad you're here. Uh, Starters here. Got Zach Gallon at the top of the mountain with a 3.7 war. Interestingly enough, you got Gallon, uh, Zach, uh, Merrill Kelly, I'm sorry, uh, here at 2.7, and then Eduardo Rodriguez at 3.1. Uh, they are projecting yeah. Eduardo Rodriguez to have a very, very good season next year. Yeah, they really are, uh, and that's something that uh, Dan writes like a little blurb about each team when he when he uh, releases the Zips projections, and that's one thing you mentioned is that the projection for Eduardo Rodriguez is very strong moving forward, uh, and he specifically went out of his way to draw a comparison between Rodriguez and Madison Bumgarner back when that deal was signed. And he talked about how Rodriguez, his projections are much better now than the projections were for Madison Bumgarner, um, you know, back in the day. So yeah, that's a, that's a promising sign. 3.1 uh, projecting Erod for a 3.1 war season. That is a, that is a very favorable projection. Projection systems have never really seemed to like Merrill Kelly all that much, um, <laughs> which in some ways is understandable. Like, you know, the season he had this past year, he did still outperform his peripherals. Uh, he's done that back to back seasons now. So maybe you feel like that's something he can just do every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, with with those three guys at the top with Brandon Fott projected for two point one, which is lower, but still indicative of a of a solid major league starter. Uh, and then you've got Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry one point one and zero point six at the bottom there. Um, those guys, part of that is just, is just playing time. Who are you giving those innings to? I think they're giving more of the innings to Ryan Nelson sure. here than, than Tommy Henry. Sure. Um, but if the, yeah, as your number five starter, those are, um, those are totally fine numbers to have in that, in that number five slot, the starting rotation as a whole, this is as good as I've seen for the diamondbacks in, in quite some time. Meanwhile, on the other side, the relievers actually have a lower projected war than they did to start last season as yeah. a whole they are giving my bullpen and i say my bullpen because these are my guys 2.6 a 2.6 total war for the entire bullpen or war oh, i don't know i like to say it funny just because it's not war 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 we'll say war uh relievers though <laughs> i don't like this jesse i don't like this i believe in paul seawald kevin ginkle miguel castro and a lot of these guys more than than them being worse than they were to start last season but the projections aren't always correct so yeah i mean projecting relievers is kind of dumb honestly like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to dwell too much on relievers at this point because they're Fine. they're so volatile i mean you know one one really bad game can skew things in the 
you know, in a very negative direction. But yeah, if you look at this same graphic from uh, prior to the 2023 season, the Diamondbacks bullpen as a whole was projected for 3.6 war as opposed to 2.6 in this year's projection. No. And uh, no. yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, would team time. I wouldn't, tea time? yeah, tea time out there. They no, have Ryan, they have Ryan Thompson projected for an ERA just over four. Hate it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think Mark Melanson last year maybe still had a somewhat favorable projection. Obviously, he wound up not pitching at all the entire season due to the injury. So yeah, I wouldn't really put too much stock into that, although it is, I mean, this Diamondbacks bullpen is clearly better than the one they had at the start of last year, uh, start of 2023. So, it, I mean, it's just kind of funny to see the numbers come out that way. Well, and again, it's a computer and computers can be dumb sometimes and they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Not Mr. Dan Zimborski's yeah, computer, Derek. Uh, Mr. Sparkle says, where's JT Martinez? JD Martinez, soon. We'll get JD Martinez <laughs> here soon. Uh, there's a little chat about uh, best catchers or if we've ever had a franchise catcher before and yeah um, i agree with chris about miguel montero but i i i, I mean there's chris ionetta there's been there some, have been some decent there's been some gaps. De- yeah. decent catchers in this team's history but absolutely none have the potential to be a franchise catcher the way that gabby is in position to right now at this point um yeah. and elise says it feels like we just have had mid to below average catchers especially offensively more often than not which is why i would be uh, all for a gabby extension and i think we all would at this point i i don't need to see anymore i think the way he performed again in the postseason it's just he performed like a guy that's been doing this for 10 years you know what i mean like he's yeah. he, he just he was fearless out there and he's bat flipping against the dodgers and hitting dingers and you know doing all the stuff that he did i i've i've seen enough to believe a hundred percent in this guy and put all my confidence uh behind him going forward but um what we will look at because surprisingly enough we are not going to look at gabby's numbers because they are projected basically to be the same as they were last season. Yeah, so. which is honestly weird for me. Like they're projecting four wins above replacement from the catching position, and yet they're expecting Gabby to have basically an identical offensive season in 2024 as he had in 2023. Which he caught, which he started a lot of games. So it's not like he's going to start yeah. less or more games this year or have more of right. an important yeah, it's role. Not, it's not really a playing time thing. So. I, I don't really know how to make sense of that exactly, no, but not at all. Uh, we will look at some other uh, specific players' projections. Let's do it. Uh, we'll start out with Corbin Carroll, uh, who these numbers feel underwhelming. I, th- I think you could make a case. Uh, they're very good numbers, but they probably feel underwhelming. That's I understand a, it, that. It's hilarious to say that, though, because, again, at the start of last season, we would have been like, oh, my God, do you think he could actually have a season like this? Like, yeah, this is a fairly, fairly good season for any major league baseball player. But I think we just we ex- expect Corbin to kind of be more than that. Uh, right now, they have him with a 272 batting average, a projected on base percentage of 354, slugging 460. They have him hitting 20 home runs, 87 RBI with a 4.6 war. And I mean, all of that sounds great. Yeah. What's disappointing there to you? Not having more home runs, not having more RBI, or not having like a better like batting average. He was he was just a slightly better player than that across the board last year. Um, so so you're you're looking for an improvement rather than a regression. 
Yeah, well. Or expecting it. Yeah, I mean, I think I understand. Like, I don't know if I would personally say that I think Corbin and Carroll will be worse in 2024 than 2023. Um, but if you look at the, some of the underlying numbers, like he did outperform his expected stats by a decent margin. Uh, he also, according to a base running metric over at Fangraphs, he had like the most valuable base running season in Major League history. And I mean, I don't really expect him to get slower, but I guess some people would be. It. Yeah, I guess he would be like, OK, you're probably not going to do that twice in a row, um, which which I think is is I, I understand where people are coming from there. But and part of it is that the that the that there's more information available on him now than there was previously. Like, not only are we talking about Corbin Carroll being a rookie, but we've also said this in the past quite a few times. He moved through the minor league organization very fast. Yeah. And it does limit the amount of information intel that people have on you as a player. And there will be everybody, everybody will be scouting Corbin Carroll better next year because they know once they're playing the diamondbacks that that's the big offensive threat. So right. he's, he's, he is going to have be game planned around more. Uh, but the thing about Carroll is, do you really want to walk him? Do you really want to pitch around him and then put him on base and now have him on base as that on base threat? So like he, yeah, he is a little true. different as far as having that scouting report and and trying to do something against him because you're not exactly going to pitch around him just to get him on base and have that, you know, that base yeah. running threat out there. Yeah, that that certainly is not the solution with, with Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had an interesting uh, rookie season. It was not as if Corbin Carroll was the same player throughout the year. I think it's important to point that out. Uh, He, between the start of the season and mid-June, when the Diamondbacks were on top of the world, Corbin Carroll was arguably the best player in baseball. Uh, if you go back over 300, right? yeah, if you go, I mean, if you go back to the MVP chance days, right? Those mm-hmm. MVP chance were not hyperbolic. Like that's, yeah. that's legitimately the kind of season he was having. If you look at the uh, wins above replacement leaderboard for June 13th, Corbin Carroll led all major league position players in wins above replacement as of June 13th, which is also a day where the Diamondbacks had the best record in the National League. He was a a really big reason that that happened. Um, But then from that point uh, through mid-late August, Corbin Carroll had a sub-700 OPS. Uh, There was this this period of time uh, connected somewhat to the the shoulder stuff that happened, which we touched on a little bit yesterday, uh, where he he was just not as good of a hitter, and and he struggled a little bit. It kind of seemed like hitters were were figuring him out a little bit. It seemed also... Pitchers were figuring him out, not hitters. hitters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It seemed like it wasn't... Like the injury was multiple things because not only was the injury an injury where then you have to be worried about potentially aggravating it again or having it become worse right you also have the fact that it seemed like he changed his mechanics during that time due to that injury right so now you weren't seeing him do the one-handed swing or follow through as often and that you know again when when any any player in baseball whether it's a pitcher hitter anybody changes any kind of mechanics to their to their approach at the plate or on the mound there's going to be you know, a, a growing period and there's, a, there's obviously going to be, you know, some, some lack of success right with it. And it felt like that was what he went to. And it wasn't even the case that he was completely abandoning that one handed swing. And it's yeah, not like it he did it unclear. at all. I mean, it was never, there was never a clear delineation of like, Oh, Corbin now swings different. Yeah. It, it was always it was like, well, he kind of like sort of always varied things a little bit. Sure. It was unclear exactly what kind of changes were, were being made at that point in time, but the results were not there to yeah. the, degree that they were earlier in the season and it's hard not to imagine that 
that injury was on his mind a lot of times when he was at the plate until enough time yeah. progressed where he was back to just not thinking about it. But right. that definitely impacted him at the plate. It seemed like at least that's just me speculating, but uh, I'm sure he would never say it, it impacted him mentally or anything because <laughs> he's always ready to go out there and game. Uh, but Corbin Carroll, it's weird because he is he is projected to have the highest war on this team, even higher than Gabriel Moreno. So, I mean, uh, it's it's still very good. The outlook is he still had a very six good. War, a six-war season last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 4.6 is on the low end, but there could be some regression there. I, I wouldn't say that's impossible. I don't think it's a crazy prediction, although... Or projection, but I would I would probably take the over on that if I was to if I was to pick right now. Another player that Zips likes quite a bit is Cattell Marte. We talked about him uh, when we showed that uh, image earlier, but let's take a look at Cattell Marte's projected stats for 2024. Zips has him with a 279 average, a 353 OBP, and a 473 slugging percentage, hitting 19 home runs, 72 RBI, and 3.6 WAR. Uh, what do you think? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, very similar to his numbers from 2023 slash 276, 358, 485. I you mean, keep very that. similar across I, the board. I'm starting to think this Zips is bullshit. <laughs> but there's, there's copying you're like, and pasting. Oh, this one's also similar to last year. What are you just copying and pasting Zips? What are you doing? <laughs> just like varying the numbers at yeah. like six points each or something. Uh, I promise it's a scientific process. But yeah, I mean, this was interesting to me that they were projecting Cattell to have a very similar season because he hasn't been the most consistent on a year-to-year basis. 2019 got MVP votes, was outstanding. 2020, obviously the weird pandemic year. Uh, he was not, not the same hitter that year. The power wasn't there. 2021, he was hurt a lot, but he was basically the same hitter he was in 19. Yeah. And then 2022, he wasn't all that great. He was about a league average hitter. So he's he's had this kind of... I mean, I guess he has the like even year versus odd year thing going. There where, is like, odd, odd years tend to be good for Qatar. Even that, which years not so much. Me about next year a little bit. Uh, right? But Zips isn't buying that. Zips, <laughs> Zips believes that Qatar will be oh. one of the best second basemen again. This Zips season. is just copying off of last year's homework, is what Zips <laughs> is doing. Uh, one thing I'll say about Qatar during that weird pandemic year is I've never seen somebody like it seems like. Cattell is powered by fans the same way that like Superman is powered by our yellow sun. Like uh, I, I felt like he just wilted away without the adulation of fans out there. It just wasn't the same Cattell, fair, yeah. you know, he'd never, he didn't look like he was having as much fun, but obviously there were probably injury things and other things going on around then, but it'd be like us doing the show without Damon here watching oh, over us yeah every day. i mean what would whenever, be the point whenever jacob comes and produces i just i i don't care yeah right. i don't feel like, exactly. yeah, be like when jacob produces our show, our show. Yeah, it doesn't, it's like i'm it's like i'm in front of a stadium of thousands but there's nobody there it's empty as <laughs> it's empty as hell um all right well when we talk about the projections copying last year's numbers one guy that they didn't seem to do that with one guy that they think is going to have a down year is the one of the newest arizona diamondbacks a Eugenio suarez uh, they have his numbers projected to be essentially one of his worst seasons of his career right now. They have him with a 227 batting average, a 319 on base percentage, 403 slugging, still hitting 22 home runs, 75 RBI with a two war. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. It's um, not. I, I, I mean, I Why? think this is sort of similar to 2023. Honestly, I mean, in 2023 slash 232, 323, 391, 
with Seattle. Mm. Uh, there's a bit of a park difference there. Seattle is obviously a really hard place to hit. Yeah. But yeah, they're not projecting Eugenio Suarez to bounce back. They're kind of projecting him to continue on a on a slow downward trajectory as he continues to age. Um, the that, strikeouts is, are obviously kind of extreme for him, and I, I imagine that was part of this. I was going to say, is it just safe? Uh, are these projections typically just on the conservative side of things so it's like if you're just were always this in the middle year, like they're just yeah. they're, they tend to be kind of boring like they're yeah. never, if a player was just really really good they're gonna be like all right he's not that good <laughs> if a player was just really like really out of down year they're gonna be like all right he's not that bad so right? what you're telling me jesse friedman <laughs> is that zips projections are the jesse friedman's of projections yeah i mean i think that's fair is that what we're talking i mean i think all projections kind of work that way but yes they do they do sort of follow a, a jesse friedman Even line of then thinking, he wasn't which... willing to give you a blanket statement. I, right? he was like right. he's like well, well all projections well, hold on. are pretty similar let's pump our brakes on calling it the jesse friedman of comparison <laughs> systems um but yeah okay uh, again i think that that does set a little bit of a of a low bar for Suarez to clear, but I do yeah. think Gino is going to be better than that. And I also think that he's going to be better than whatever option they would have had at third base. 100%. Regardless. 100%. So I don't, yeah. I don't care if they want to just give him that little credit. I think the, the, you know, being here at chase field, I think playing it on this team, being competitive and maybe just a change of scenery, you know, sometimes that gets guys amped and considering what a, clubhouse guy they've talked to him about him being and things like that i i think i think these projections are going to go the other way i i think he's going to have a better yeah. season than he had last year especially playing i mean come on you get him with tori lavello that's going to be <laughs> there's going to be some it's going to be some f-bombs dropped it's going to be a fire conversation <laughs> but uh, i think that some of the regression here for suarez is is on defense i think that's an, an important thing to point out okay um he was over a three-war player on fan graphs this past season, which is quite good. But a lot of that is because he had like this career year defensively. His defensive metrics are really good this past and he, season. Didn't he play? He played 162 games. And he played 162 games. Yeah. Like so, sometimes that's just going to give you the advantage to have a higher like war sometimes, especially if yeah. you are performing. I think they do. I think in this projection, they do have him playing. I don't think it's 162, but they do have him taking a lot of plate appearances. So sure. they, they are kind of factoring that in a little bit. But yeah, the reason that the war ticks down here. Offense very similar to what what he was in 2023, but the defense is what they have kind of taking a step back. Cable in the chat actually has a really good question. Fast forward to 2025, would you pick up his option if he did in fact live mm -hmm. up to these projections? That's a really good question. I think I think a lot of it would depend on what the D-backs have in house at that point. Like, what kind of step forward have you seen from Jordan Lawler? What have you seen from Tommy Troy? What have you seen from Ivan Melendez? Great point. If you don't have someone else waiting in the wings to take that spot, maybe you are okay kind of overpaying a little bit. I think it's a $15 million club option, which is a lot for, you know, like a league average hitter and, and defender at third. But it's kind of hard to find good third baseman in baseball right sure. now. There's just not a lot of them. And, you know, even finding a league average guy, as we said earlier, that's a pretty big upgrade over what the Diamondbacks had in, in 2023. Especially after he helps contribute to next year's team winning a World Series. Right, 100%. Yeah, you, you won't want to you won't want to break up the World Series winning team. So clearly, they might as well pick up the option right now, right, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> well, Zips does like the young guys, and one of the young guys that Zips is projecting to have a bounce-back season is uh, a favorite of ours, the one and only Jake McCarthy. Let's take a look at his stats projected for the 2024 season. Yeah, that's a 
pretty good numbers, right? A 264 average, 327 on base, 403 slugging percentage. Um, actually pretty similar to Eugenio Suarez in terms of the, the OVP and the slug are pretty much right there. Uh, only nine homers, obviously not the home run hitter that Suarez is. Uh, 56 RBI here, 1.8 wins above replacement. This would be a, this would be a big bounce back. Uh, for Jake McCarthy. And again, it's kind of how these systems work. If, if a guy has a, a, a extreme down year, which is sort of what 2023 was for McCarthy, they're going to see that probably bouncing back. And this is an even bigger bounce back than I probably would have expected. This is Jake McCarthy being about a league average hitter. And, you know, we, I think it's well documented what he brings on the bases and he's a pretty decent corner outfielder as well. So this would be a really positive outcome for the Diamondbacks. He's also just a great dude. Yeah. He's a great dude. And you can tell that, like, again, these young guys, they all get along and they all want to experience this success together. You know, I know they know it's not likely, but it, it does add something to the fact that Jake McCarthy is, uh, you know, really close with, with the other young fellas. And, and all of those chaps are getting there. You know, they're, they're coming into their own. They have the again, another guy that they have having a great season next year is Alec Thomas. Yeah, uh, they have Alec Thomas here projected to be uh, slashing 258, 310, 411 with 12 home runs, 63 RBI and a 2.2 war. I think uh, that his defense might make that war even ho- higher next season because we've already seen what he yeah, can do. And I, I feel like Alec Thomas is just continuing to get better defensively as, as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, at first glance, this might not look like a huge improvement offensively, but it really is. I mean, Alec Thomas hit, he hit 230, 273, 374 last yeah. year. Yeah. That was a, he's had a 75 OPS plus on the dot in both of his first two years in the majors. This is an OPS plus of 97. That's a really big yeah. increase. Yeah. I mean, if Alec Thomas gets to a point where he is a league average hitter and also one of the best defensive center fielders in the game, I agree with you. 2.2 2 might be might be a little on the low side for for Alec Thomas. I feel like that is based more on the offense and not really factoring in his defense uh, being what we know he, he can achieve uh, and what we've seen out of him. But yeah, uh, like th- this is this is all very, very good news. And these projections like we joked about, you know, all the numbers looking very similar to last year. But for for Alec Thomas and, and Jake McCarthy to take this leap forward offensively, uh, to and contributing this much, uh, that the, these are all very good things for this team in 2024 because those yeah. those are the guys that they need doing it. You know they they have very talented players in house that unfortunately at times can't always contribute on both sides of the ball. But if they can get that out of them, then that really does. I mean, it just it changes the need for the Diamondbacks to add that much more this off season as far as you know free agents or, or through trades. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think with Alec Thomas, it'll be interesting to see how much opportunity he gets against left-handed pitching. I imagine built into this projection, they probably have him not starting all that much against lefties, which is maybe part of the reason why these numbers are are ticking up. Um, But yeah, I mean, if Alec can get to a point where he is, you know, not hurting you offensively and, you know, what he is in center field, that's a, that's a pretty valuable major league. We saw it during the playoffs. We yeah. saw it during the playoffs where there was no need any longer to platoon Alec Thomas. Um, and I mean, I know he didn't always have the yeah. best. I, I know, but <laughs> eh, no, whatever. He was anyway. two for 14 or something like that against lefties in, in the playoffs. I don't know if that changed my mind a whole it. lot. I'm taking but, it. But yeah, there was also this sense in the playoffs of like, do we really want anyone other than Alec Thomas playing center field mm-hmm. in the most important games of our season? Nope. 
No, like we don't, you know, maybe he's not going to give you anything offensively in those games. In that situation with with the stakes that high, that was a sacrifice that, you know, you felt like you were probably willing to make. The last offensive player we're going to take a look at is another very encouraging projection for a young guy that we're hoping to see this exact type of performance out of next year. But that is Jordan Lawler. Let's take a look at his projections. Yeah, this is fascinating. It's it's one of those players like I was talking about earlier where they've I mean, the sample in the majors is so small. Uh, it's interesting to kind of know what these what the computer has to say about Jordan <laughs> Lawler in 2024. And it's pretty good. I mean, at first glance, it may not excite you too much, but a 247, 322, 380 slash line. It's basically right around a league average hitter, 11 homer, 61 RBI, uh, 2.4 wins above replacement. That's obviously with him getting a pretty decent chunk of playing time. Um, yeah, like if Jordan Lawler did this, it wouldn't be... Yeah, it wouldn't be his peak. It wouldn't be the full on breakout rookie of the year caliber season that maybe some people are dreaming he could have. But this is a really valuable major league major league player in a season in which you're as of right now, you're maybe hesitant to really count on Jordan Lawler being an everyday guy in the majors at any point in 2024. So if this happens, the Diamondbacks are in are in pretty darn good shape at, at shortstop in 2024. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, it's. It's just so hard because Corbin Carroll changes the eye level on every rookie almost. And you, you have almost, to block it out of your mind. You do. Eric. You have to put on the blinders <laughs> and you have to realize that like nine out of 10 guys are going to have a much slower progression and it's going to take them a little bit longer to adapt to the major leagues. And Jordan Lawler doing this in essentially his first full major league season would be impressive. And especially if he's, he's able to play regularly be on the be on the roster stick around on the roster you know obviously sure he's gonna have his ups and downs especially when they want to you know when 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 they need some maybe some additional arms for their pen or for the starting rotation or whatever Jordan Lawler is going to be one of those guys that they're going to want to get him as many at bats if he's not playing regularly but uh that's that's very encouraging so uh excited excited these projections get me excited for 2014 yeah see look look what look what we've done Derek. you're getting excited over a computer nap during the first segment of this (laughs) show but we do have some more projections for pitchers so no promises that i won't fall asleep during that part but (laughs) we do appreciate you guys for being here and staying awake during the show of course if you are here in the phnx sports youtube we thank you we love you we appreciate you being here make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already sign up for notifications uh drop us a like gabby will always tell you to drop us a like and uh of course uh he also tells me to dye my hair purple which i'm tired of getting those voicemail messages but uh if you're listening on the audio podcasting side make sure you leave us a review we appreciate those five star reviews very much uh and make sure you're subscribed there as well uh i fueled up today jesse at one of my favorite places to get my breakfast at and that is some boros Mm -hmm. uh which we have a brand new location here in town right by me up uh where most of you people here in this office call south flagstaff or south anthem i don't like that at all but uh it's over there in the norterra area off of i-17 and joe max there's also uh new locations in goodyear and peoria as well you can visit some to find one near you 
but they have excellent choices, whether it's for breakfast, whether it's for lunch. Um, it is a family-owned, unoperated uh, business and was voted America's, uh, or excuse me, America's. It'd be nice if it was America. Arizona's most loved Mexican <laughs> restaurant. Uh, they have a drive-thru. You can stop by any time of day. They also have party platters to feed a crowd. Uh, if you want to eat there, they have an all-new taco bar to impress your amigos and so much more. They even have margaritas to go. So stop by and let some burros cater, uh, cater your next meal or small, uh, big or small. I can I can read. I promise I can read. Uh, <laughs> order online or find one near you by visiting someburrows.com. Uh, they are incredible. Their tortillas, by the way, are flawless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a big bread person. I've talked about that when we talked about uh, Hero Bread and some of our other bread uh, sponsors as well. But uh, Some Burrows uh, tortillas are just the, the best. The tortilla makes it, man. It really it's does. It's really important. The insides of it, It's everything. It's I'd everything. It is that's, everything. That's what I've heard. Uh, another thing that you can check out is our friends over at Game Time. Of course, if you want to check out some baseball, maybe go see the Suns. I don't know if you want to wait for the big three to be on court. Uh, because you might wait all season. This is but when last minute purchasing really comes in. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you because can't buy Suns tickets no, far in no. advance. That's who's a, injured? That's an who's healthy? Uh, and you know, it might be a game time decision whether or not those guys are available or playing. But uh, if it is a game time decision, you can get your tickets through Game Time. Uh, it is the place for last minute ticket deals. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And of course, those tickets uh, they they make great. Uh, gifts anytime by the way they make great uh, great time to take your friends out for a game and also if you have FOMO just go yourself I had a friend go to a concert for the first time by herself and she had the best time going to a concert by herself her husband couldn't make it and she just decided to go I was like I respect that what kind of lunatic goes to a concert by herself and instead she just had the best time so (laughs) you know forget even if you can't find somebody to go with just go by yourself snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the app today create an account and use code phnx for $20 off your first purchase terms do apply again create an account redeem code phnx for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed well, we have some more uh, numbers to take a look at for 2024, some more Zips projections, and this time we're going to take a look enough of this stuff, at pitchers. Jesse can't get enough of this. <laughs> I could totally get enough of this because these are fictitious numbers that aren't real, folks. <laughs> Computers aren't real. Projections aren't real. But, Computers are real. Oh, yeah, I guess they're probably, <laughs> I guess you could say they're real, but uh, their opinions don't matter to me. Uh, <laughs> let's take a look at what they have, though, for some of our uh, starting pitchers, and of course, uh, the the one we're most curious about is Zach Gallon. What does Zips have in store for Zach Gallon's 2024 season? Yeah, 13 and 9 record, which means nothing. Uh <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that means rec- nothing. Record is is a obviously a fairly useless stat during the season. Uh the idea of like projecting it is kind of hilarious to me. But yeah, 186 innings with 3570 RA, 118 whip, 55 walks, 175 strikeouts. A solid year all the way around. Uh, this is a an ace caliber projection, I would say. Um, not not the highest that you would see for like every pitcher in baseball, but one of the better ones that you would see. Um, but also like kind of a down year in in some ways, right? A three five seven ERA, a one one eight WHIP. Um, that's that's the, those numbers are both higher than I think what we realistically would probably expect from Zach Gallon. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that he is one of those guys that you know exactly what you're going to get out of Zach Gallon. I know there were times where he had some pretty crazy splits. I imagine 
you know, hopefully we'll see that kind of even itself out and not be so drastic in 2024. Sure. Uh, like home, I, home road. Is yeah, that what you're, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. 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 But, uh, I hope he still stays as good as he's been at home. That's for sure. Uh, cause he was incredible last year. And I mean, again, it's Zach Gallon who is essentially not in a final year of his contract, but I think that the next two seasons, the Diamondbacks don't have to worry about Zach Gallon being motivated. I think Zach Gallon has plenty of motivation to go out there and be the best version of himself for the next two years, knowing that that contract he's going to get out after that, whether it's from the Diamondbacks or another team, is probably going to be the most lucrative of his career. Yeah. He, he doesn't need any further motivation. I think he's going to stay at the top of his game for the next two seasons just based on that alone. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked a little about about his season. We did a, a deep dive on Gallon and kind of how he can win the Cy Young Award uh, potentially next year, like or this year, what it would sort of take for him to take that next step. Um, he had a, a bit of an uneven season in that it kind of looked like he was going to win the Cy Young Award as of as of August, like mid-August. Uh, his last six weeks or so were not what he hoped it would be. Uh, there was the Chicago Cubs complete game shutout, and then there were all the other starts where he just wasn't really himself. He did finish the year, the regular season on a high note. The playoffs was a little bit up and down for him as well. So, yeah, there there are some his peripherals were not as shiny in 2023 as they have been in past years. His expected ERA on Statcast was actually above four. Uh, he gave up a lot more hard contact this past season uh, than he has in years past. But yeah, you can see Zips here is is not fully buying into that. It's expecting him to kind of bounce back and um, be a pretty darn good pitcher once again as he as he pretty much always has been since he since he uh you know uh, made his way into the majors uh there's some questions in the chat i don't like one bit chris wants to know what derek's performance projected projection for the season is we'll get into that later let's put that one off that's there's too <laughs> how many, many four peaks consumed oh god yeah, that's many, the main one that people are interested in yeah, i think I mean, the plastic <laughs> there's a reason we didn't put the plastic beer bat into the time capsule that's for sure uh danny phantom which i know it's you danielle wants to know who we think is the best player at phnx i get it it's obviously damon it's, it's damon <laughs> it's obviously damon Ooh, get fucked danielle <laughs> i know I'm i really, don't i don't know danielle if wants, I... danielle's an incredible baseball player and she wants me to admit it's her uh and i refuse to uh she also wants me to claim she's faster than corbin carroll and until i see a even foot race i'm yet to call that race <laughs> but uh let's take a look at merrill kelly's projected stats for next year because they have merrill continuing to do uh, I, I mean, not not as good as he was last year, but again, still Merrill the mainstay there with a sub four ERA at three point nine seven. They have him projected at a nine and nine record, pitching one hundred and fifty four innings uh, with a one point two seven WHIP, forty seven walks, and one hundred and thirty two strikeouts. Yeah, uh, the the underlying numbers, as I alluded to earlier, have never have always been skeptical of Merrill Kelly. If you look at his 2023 season, the 329 ERA, uh, which is obviously excellent, but his FIP was 385. A lot of the other peripheral numbers were more indicative of like a high three ERA pitcher than a low three ERA pitcher. And Merrill has never really gotten over that hump. He's never really had the kind of season that would sort of change that. 
um, the computers are going to remain skeptical of Merrill <laughs> Kelly um, until he manages to do that. But yeah, as I said earlier, I mean, he's kind of made this practice, at least over the last couple seasons, of outperforming a lot of those numbers and just being this guy who finds ways to just not give up runs. Um, you know, even if he's not, you know, he's not an elite strikeout guy, uh, his walks ticked up a little bit in 2023, but he still manages to be a really effective major league pitcher who can who can pitch deep into games. And it's another situation where, yeah, three nine seven ERA, that's not a bad projection. But for Merrill Kelly, I think you, you kind of have to bet on the under there, given what we've seen the past couple of years. Agreed. Now, uh, the next guy is probably the one I'm most excited about besides Gabriel Moreno. And that is, again, one of the newest Arizona Diamondbacks, Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, let's take a look at Erod stats for 2024 because if you came here, if you came here to be happy, if you came here to get excited, get excited. They have Erod going 11 and 8 with 138 innings pitch, which might be a little bit on the low end. A 3.65 ERA, 1.3 WHIP, breaking ball 43, uh, breaking ball walks 43. <laughs> I cannot read today. Yeah, that's what I'm, my brain's BB broken. stands for breaking, breaking ball. <laughs> I just keep thinking about the David Ortiz thing that we have to talk about later. But there are 135 <laughs> strikeouts and. Uh, 43 walks, yeah, is what I meant there. Uh, Base on balls is what BB stands for. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, aside from the innings pitched, which does seem it's a little, a little low, low yeah, for him having an 11-8 and eight record, I mean, I know that doesn't really matter or factor in. I, I think that the computer, once again, is is taking into consideration that he had that, had that time off and didn't have that many innings pitched yeah. last season, which most likely isn't going to be the case. But those are some numbers to get very excited about with them projecting to – uh, Eduardo Rodriguez to essentially be the number two pitcher in the starting yeah. rotation. The computer thinks that Erod is good, Derek. Yes. The computer thinks that Hell Erod yes. is good. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters on January 4th. Is that the computer <laughs> thinks that Erod is going to be good. Um, yeah, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier that the projections here are much more favorable than they were uh, with Mad Bum a few years back. Um, and yeah, as far as the inning count is concerned, I think a lot of that has to do, as you alluded to, with his 2022 season where he stepped away from the team for a couple months, only through 91 innings in total in 2022. Uh, Zips is going to look at that and see that as some sort of an injury or, you know, yeah. it's not going to understand the context of that situation. And uh, yeah, that's why it's only projecting Computer, for hundreds don't understand minutes. human emotions. That's why they're computers. Yeah. Is it, Dan's still working on that yeah, pretty soon. Uh, Zips will understand the inner workings of the human mind and, you know, factor that in and everything. But we're not we're not quite there yet. Zips has four starting pitchers in the Diamondbacks rotation with a sub four ERA. Yeah. Uh, and another one of those guys is Brandon Fott, whose numbers look very, very much like Merrill Kelly's here. He has a nine and nine record with 147 in the third innings pitched a 3.97 ERA, just like Kelly, a 1.21 whip, 36 walks, 143 strikeouts. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. The computer also thinks that Brandon Fott is good. And as I said Computer's earlier, right about that, it does. It does know about Brandon Fott, uh, his postseason performance mm-hmm. It is aware of what happened over those 22. Innings. Oh, yeah. The computer. Knows. Um, the computer it knows all about it. Yeah. And yeah, this is why we listen to the computer, Derek, uh, because wow. la- this past wow. season, Brandon fought at a five, seven, two ERA and the computer, uh, looks in his eyes and sees a much better picture than Savage. that going it. into, going into 2024. Uh, um, I don't know. I bet the computer still pronounces it Louisville. 
<laughs> Just saying. I do remember. Um, so Brandon Fott's zips last season was also quite favorable. And I think Dan had a blurb uh, in in his story about the D-back zips where he he talked about wondering if Brandon Fott's family had like hijacked the zip system <laughs> or something and like somehow messed with things. Yeah, but that's well, what happens when you when you put up the kind of numbers that Brandon Fott did yeah. in double A and triple A to very hitter friendly environments. That's why the computer loves Brandon Fott so Correct. much. And uh, and we saw toward the end of last season in the second half in the regular season, plus the, plus the playoffs, how effective he can be when things kind of come together. And uh, yeah, I mean, three, nine, seven, if you get three, if you get a three, nine, seven ERA from Brandon Fott in 2024, that is huge. And I'm not sure it would just be over 147 innings or, or whatever we have here. He's a guy who's been durable in the past. If he's pitching effectively, I think he could probably be in the 170, 180 range by the end of the season. And that would obviously, I mean, there's a ton of value there, uh, especially in your number four rotation spot. The D-backs are one of not that many teams. But once we have all the zips, I'll go I'll go through and look. But not that many teams are going to have four starting pitchers, as you said, with sub four ERA projections. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. And, and again, that's something that when we talk about how the bullpen evolved during the season last year, that's something that the Diamondbacks at one point only seemed to have two starting pitchers last season to now have four guys in the starting rotation that you can almost immediately pencil in with a, a competition for the fifth spot. Yeah. That, that makes me feel like the starting rotation is much different from what we, you know, what the Diamondbacks started out with last year. And, and again, remember my purple hair, they were very good in April, right? Like <laughs> they still ha- managed to win a lot of games, even though they had, you know, Madison Bumgarner, making a few starts in there and they had, you know, a real lack of, of con- like a, a real lack of personnel to fill some of those holes that they had in their starting rotation. Yeah. It, it's completely it, different now. The, yeah. The narrative has, has absolutely changed. And, and a lot of that too has to do with the next guy we'll talk about, uh, who is Tommy Henry, uh, a guy who we don't know if he's going to win the fifth rotation spot out of spring training. It kind of sounds like, uh, Mike Hazen didn't specifically say that Tommy Henry is the favorite for that spot, mm-hmm. but he did talk about incumbency mattering and how, you know, uh, Tommy Henry was a better pitcher than all of those other, you know, young starters in 2023. You figure he's probably the most likely option for that number five spot. And these are not great numbers, Derek, but they're pretty decent numbers for a number five starting pitcher. Yeah, uh, They have him at a five and five record, 111 and two thirds innings, which again is just kind of taking a stab in the dark at how much opportunity he'll get. Uh, a 4-4-3 ERA, a 1-4-0 whip, 45 walks, 86 strikeouts. If that's your number five starter, you're totally fine. Well, the other guy that they have potentially factoring in here uh, is Ryan Nelson, who had, you know, obviously he had that, that, run in the playoffs he had that experience in playoffs he even had a really really good outing for sure but tommy henry last year was it it seemed like he went from kind of being at the back of the pack of those guys to get a starting spot to kind of leading the way a bit right he did before he got injured so it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back from that and what the diamondbacks can get out of him Um, but we can also take a look at Ryan Nelson's projected stats for 2024 because they have, it it seems like right now the computer is factoring in that those two guys are both going to receive starts and both might kind of might, might platoon that fifth starting 
roll a little yeah, bit. Yeah, this and, is where this is where things don't make a ton of sense. Right. Like, is there how does Tommy Henry get 111 innings and Ryan Nelson gets 143? <laughs> I, well, because Eduardo Rodriguez only has 138. I, I guess that's so true. That I guess sense. that's true. There's all sorts of crazy assumptions built into this. Um, but yeah, Ryan Nelson, according to Zips, has an actually better projection than Tommy Henry in 2024. Uh, 432 ERA, a 133 whip, both of those just a tick better, uh, you know, coming off a 531 ERA season in 2023 where he struggled, right? Uh, it was a, it was a bit of a rough go for Ryan Nelson throughout much of the 2023 season. Uh, based on the minor league numbers and and you know his his very early um, you know brief introduction to the majors so far, uh, Zip sees a guy who could still be a pretty productive major league starting pitcher. And I, again, like you said, even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, it definitely feels like the competition is going to be down to these two. These guys are the ones that are going to fill that role for the Diamondbacks. And hopefully what we see is one of them step up, you know, more and and, and deliver the way that we've seen them, I guess, at times uh, deliver a little bit more consistently. And I think Tommy Henry yeah. could end up being that guy, surprisingly, just because I felt like we saw him have some pretty good stuff last year. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Henry was, he was consistent. He was pitching fairly deep into games. His actual ERA last year was just a little over four. Again, if, I mean, if that guy is in your number five rotation spot, you're in a, you're in a pretty good spot. And I mean, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from looking at all these starting pitcher projections is the Diamondbacks rotation is not just pretty good, but it's pretty deep as well. Yeah. Uh, And of course there's a lot of volatility. There's the, the error bars around these numbers is very, are very big. Um, but there's, it's not just that you're banking on Tommy Henry, you know, being great. You have Ryan Nelson, you have Slade Ciccone, you have Bryce Jarvis. This list goes deeper than, you know, the guys that we have time to to talk about today. So there's a, there's a lot of options there. Well, of course, uh, you can get your projections in on the bet MGM app. If you want to, by going to play (laughs) some, some future bets on MLB, you can also get down on the NFL action, college football, and so much more. Well, I guess college football is, it's a wrap, isn't it, Damon? Uh, there's one more game. There's one more game to bet on, isn't there? Yeah, it's the national championship. It's yeah, on Monday. There is. It's kind of important. So <laughs> get down on betting on it. You can download the BetMGM Sportsbook app now or visit BetMGM and use our code of PHNX. If you do, sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. You can place your first major, uh, first wager and you will receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If the bet loses, all you have to do is sign up for BetMGM now and use that bonus code of PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to our baby boy Shane, who was here kicking us out of his desk yesterday, talk (laughs) about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Ontario. We had to wait a long time for that one, and we still got it. All right. Well, of course, a great way for you right now to enjoy sports and kind of relieve the stress from the holidays now that we're past them is by checking out our friends at OG's Brands. They have a variety of bold flavors, and their gummies are a slam dunk for your taste buds. Plus, you can customize your experience based on desired effect and strength. They have a wide variety of strains and doses. They have a happy balance, which can help you improve the mood. Uh, you can also get down on their sleep edition gummies and so much more. Right now, check out the classics like the Fruits and Creams, mouth-watering pegs, raspberry orange RSO, and so much more. To learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. And if you're embarrassed to ask questions or look things up, I'll be your weed Sherpa, you know, hit me up on Twitter and I will happily direct you uh, for whatever your needs are when it comes to checking out OG's brands and their wonderful products. Uh, we also appreciate you guys for being PHNX diehards. Those of you that already are, if you're not, join the family. Come over to gophnx.com, get down on a membership. You will get Jesse's newsletter and you will get so much more, including a free t-shirt from the phnxlocker.com. You'll get a wonderful little membership kit sent out to you, get access to some amazing discounts as well as our discord which is the best place to be an arizona sports fan and we're also going to be bringing you some great dis, uh, diehard only content this year so make sure to sign up so you don't miss out on anything we have to offer uh in the chat i think there was a question from chris <laughs> melton who wanted to know uh if jesse was a computer and i'm not sure if you guys missed this but just to cover it uh we I did make a, we did make this. a short about it with dan zimborski's ai and everything going crazy uh here is uh actually a proclamation i made or i guess you could say uh, me owning up to the fact that this man isn't real. <laughs> Sports Illustrated has been accused of using AI-generated content on their website. I might have a confession to make myself. For meetings with the mayor, I'm your mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Derek Montia. On Monday, an article from Futurism.com dropped alleging that Sports Illustrated has not only been using fake AI-generated writer profiles, but fake AI-generated images for those writers. In an effort to get out ahead of this and any allegations towards PHNX, I want to here and now admit that we have, in fact, been using AI-generated content. My co-host, Jesse Friedman, is an AI-generated person. He is merely a digital model created by Jacob Franklin and his production team. All of his articles were written by ChatGPT, and every single one of his tweets were written by me. And I hope that we can regain your trust. I also hope this explains his robotic responses and his lack of empathy about the Paul Goldschmidt trade. I hope that that explains everything. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that clears things up. Um, we did have one more thing we did want to talk about, by the way, which was... Um, just kind of funny. Went around the baseball world. I appreciate it as a parent and, uh, of course, also as a baseball lover. But David Ortiz welcomed uh, the, I guess, the gender reveal of his fourth child by whiffing on a pitch thrown to him uh, during the gender reveal party. I think we have the clip. One. Yeah, here he is. You can't. Oh, oh you can't. You can't do that. So just to be clear, he did not make contact. He did not he make contact. He swung he and missed. But and they then, had like a cannon device. It seemed in the like back. there were cannon devices, yes, that were then shot off, revealing that the gender of his fourth child is a baby boy. So congratulations to to Big Poppy and his family. He definitely earns that name, Big Poppy, with having his fourth child at 48 years old. But I will <laughs> say this. Um 
you can't expect David Ortiz to hit a first pitch breaking ball or off speed pitch in this situation. There's a lot of pressure there, right? You're expecting him just to make contact. Like we know how hard it is to hit a baseball with a bat. We talk to you about it constantly, not to mention that just to appease Jesse, we dug into the numbers a little bit. And in his last season as a baseball player, David Ortiz indeed did have a 26.9% swing and miss on first pitch breaking pitches in 2016. He also had a 22.2% swing and miss rate on the first pitch for off-speed pitches in 2016. I mean, that, that was, was a, definitely not a fastball. That was an off-speed. That was off-speed yeah, or breaking. Yeah, this was sure. an off-speed. It was definitely an off-speed pitch or breaking pitch yeah. of some sort. And uh, it was it was nasty. Yeah, it was yeah, nasty. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like, on it. I'd like to see some spin rate metrics on that. Yeah, I David think Rob, Ortiz cannot be blamed for this. No, Derek. it was a nasty absolutely pitch. Cannot I mean, who, be blamed. who possibly could have hit that? It's an at bat, Jesse. And you don't set off the fireworks just because you assume he's going to hit a home run in the first <laughs> pitch. Right. Like I blame the person operating the cannons. That's the person at fault here because yeah, the person 100%. operating can't the cannon obviously had no patience to wait for this to play out. This is a scenario that you absolutely cannot launch those cannons off until you see the blue powder smoke in the air from him destroying the gender reveal baseball. But uh, yeah, I don't blame David Ortiz. He tried his best. He went out there and and did what he does, which is basically swing and miss at 27% of the time on breaking pitches. Uh, But I want to say congrats to the 40 year old dad uh, and good luck on keeping up with a two year old at 50 years old. So uh, much love to the Ortiz family, Uh, but much love to you guys. Of course, we thank you for being here. Make sure to follow us on Twitter or X or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K this maniac next to me is at Jesse and Friedman. Of course, the people's producer, Damon, he is at Damon dog. That's D a W G. We are Damon's dogs. Bark, bark, bark. Of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys for putting up with my terrible reading today uh, and Jesse's <laughs> Zips projections that might have bummed you out a little bit. We had bit. so much fun today, Derek. <laughs> it, was my, my it was a lot. It was my favorite show. <laughs> but again, we thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when the computer is wrong.